Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Freel Thing podcast with me, Greg Freel. It's a podcast all about self-development, motivation, team building, and leadership. So today, um, I'm, I actually can't believe I'm actually saying this. I finally got <laughs> to be in the same room at the same time as the legend that is Kirsty Mack. Oh my goodness, I'm a legend? I'm, I'm slightly gets, worried, like, uh, what I'm a legend for. Everybody gets called a legend on this show, Okay, sorry. that's cool then, that's all right then. Um, I, I've been trying to have a conversation with you for like four years. I know. And it's uh, just one of those strange things that you just happen to be in the same uh, building as me. So I was like... I'm Is sure that? I recognise that hair. I'm sure that's Kirsty Mack. Uh, and then hilariously, I was like, "Excuse me, are you Kirsty Mack?" And you're <laughs> like, "Depends." <laughs> well, maybe. Who's this strange <laughs> man? Oh my goodness! Anyway. It is great to finally have you uh, here and uh, to actually get a decent chat to you. Thank you for having uh, me. You're very welcome. Um, before before we started recording, I've literally just spent the past hour or so talking about myself. Uh, so we've got that out of the way. It so now so we'll good. spend the next um, however long talking about you. Oh. Um, so for the folks at home, a quick 30 seconds on who you are and what you're about. So I... Some people call me a business consultant, but that sounds far too grown up for what I do. So I say I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. I design leadership programs and I deliver them. I still like to do the jazz hands. I don't like being just behind the scenes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so just create great experiences for people to help them find out more about yourself mm-hmm. and have great conversations. Yeah. I think th- this is the thing that I'm kind of discovering about you more than anything else is that conversations are big. Yeah. Um, and it's all about, no matter what it is, it's all, all about people. Yeah. And I, I went to an event just on Monday in Edinburgh, the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was <laughs> We're back. in Glasgow, people. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> that is just, it's just, I was taught to say that every time mm-hmm. I mentioned Edinburgh. Um, and it was Bob Chapman. He was talking, his book is Everybody Matters. And you kind of want to leave with an elixir, a mm-hmm. magic, but something that's from Harry Potter that goes, ah, something really magical about he's grown this $4 billion turnover business and mm-hmm. it's all about people. Um, and it just boiled down to just be a nice person uh-huh. and be a good human because I think we've lost that in business mm-hmm. a lot. You know, we talk, we've had loads of conversations just now about B2B and B2C. Yep. And I think we've really forgotten H to H. Oh, H to H. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've forgotten. And inverted commas and brackets, don't be a dick. Yes. You know, how many times have know, we all sat in a mm-hmm. meeting and we have that internal voice that goes, yeah. don't be a dick. And there is that, you know, there's always that one guy who oh. you just kind of like, you're just trying too hard yeah. to prove themselves or, or, or whatever. But um, I talk about it a lot and if people who know me will know that, I don't know what, we're three minutes in. They're often, I just want to give people a wedgie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and in a corporate environment, apparently it's not, you know, it's, it's not, not the, done, the done thing. It's not, no. Greg, it's no. not. Um, but I sit in meetings often and I visualise an OEW, mm-hmm. which is an over-ear wedgie. You know, just like a really <laughs> right, a okay. proper one. Right. 
um, and, and often, you know, I'm I'm lucky enough in the role that I'm in, I can go in and I can talk about, you know, actually, so when you said that, you were you were a bit of a dick. You were a bit of a dick, <laughs> and no, everyone else thought that, but mm. I'm just in a very privileged position that I can. But that's the thing, because th- this is the the whole thing with being a you know business consultant or leadership oh. coach is that when the coaching, you know, game as it were, you're able to come in and offer that perspective. Yeah. And from that perspective you're able to say, Yeah, well maybe, you know, mm. from from the outside that might be seen as being slightly passive aggressive or, yeah. you know, some subtler way of saying it rather than Yeah. The on the nose version that we've just said. But um yeah, it's 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 quite interesting the people that y- you come across and different communication styles um, Mm -hmm. as well and what works and what doesn't work Um, I was recently at a business thing that I was like I I really need to dial me back a bit Mm -hmm. here because I think I might actually freak them out a bit if I'm just myself um, and yes, you you want to be yourself, yeah. but sometimes maybe not your full self. <laughs> it might yeah. just be a bit too scary, a bit too full on. And that, that makes me really sad as well, because I think there are a lot of people who are dialing themselves back too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. You know, and I was in Canary Wharf the other day, so I made the mistake of arriving at lunchtime. And I've been... I took quite a large chunk of last year off, so I've not been around the corporate world for a little while. And I was in Canary Wall, and I just thought, why is everyone so freaking angry, right? I was mm-hmm. like, where, where are you going? Where, what's happening, right? And there was all these people in blue suits, grey suits, black suits, right? And some yeah. people didn't have ties. It was a little bit crazy. Um, and it was relentless, the energy. And I thought, shit, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And they were going to Pret, right? So like, that, that was it. I thought was there was it. like a full-scale emergency happening meltdown. I was like we're, we're, mm. this is it people the market's it's crashed happened. in Asia and just called, yeah. this was it um, so yeah they were going to pray and I'm sort of sitting there and the person that was came to speak to me was like yeah I said how did you find me he said it really wasn't that difficult he said, <laughs> because <laughs> it's like nobody else has all the colours on that you have yes. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. one you have the hair mm-hmm. and then there's just a lot of colour yes and people are like scared of of colour and mm-hmm. those sort of a lot of my clients are in financial services and I just yeah I mean weird. Well, it's, it's the thing is for me is like I'm needing my highlights done at the moment um, I'm definitely I think you look great. I'm thank you I'm definitely due a, a trip to the salon um, and I've been and I, seriously everybody who has been through here I've had the debate with them kind of like listen I really want to kind of go more blonde I've always been since I went blonde about 1998 I've kind of I'm blonde mm-hmm. it's kind of yeah, yeah. and I love it and it, it's kind of very me. I just yeah. feel myself that when, whenever that there's that, it's that identity. You know, yeah. you have this is who I am. This is, I feel more most comfortable at this, and I do f- feel that when I'm less blonde and my hair is closer to its natural color just mm-hmm. now, I'm kind of like wow. I feel like I've lost my superpowers. I get that. You know, it, it's kind of like it's not. I don't feel complete. I know it's slightly ridiculous, but. I think there's a huge thing about you know the way we look and the way we dress and all that kind of thing. It's our, it's our identity. It's who we are. Yeah. And like you say, people being scared to be their full selves. And I think as well, for someone like me who's you know traditionally in the music industry, whenever I'm then doing stuff in corporate business land, you kind so of weird. you kind of like yeah maybe are they take are they not taking me seriously with the blonde hair or maybe you know. 
Um, it is bizarre. I've, when you were talking earlier about the sort of dualistic nature of, of your worlds that you, y- mm-hmm. you operate in, I just had this whole notion of Superman, you know, it's just like <laughs> you have to be the Clark Kent yeah. and then actually, because your eyes light up when you talk about it as well, like you're the superhero and mm-hmm. you can just go off and, and do your thing and, and it's how you merge and you're merging them really yeah. well together. Well, thank you. Um, but I really like, it's, this will sound really equally as silly, but like the past couple of days, uh, I've been in the studio more and um, a pair of jeans, I had a hoodie and a leather jacket and a pair of shades and I'm like oh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. I am that ridiculous I am that guy but I just felt so much happier and I was like I'm, I'm I think I really need to stop wearing those other clothes to fit yeah. into that environment and just like no I'm sorry this is who I am yeah be that guy you know and um rock up to you know some corporate meeting wearing a biker jacket and the thing, you know. isn't it weird? I mean, I was with someone yesterday who is an incredible human and we were having the same conversation and she's like, you know, sometimes I go into the corporate world and I'm wearing jeans and people mm-hmm. look like they've, they may die mm-hmm. or you've eaten their firstborn. You yeah. know, it's just like, this is this does not define me. It makes me feel really comfortable. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I can rock a suit. <laughs> right? My, like, my wife Ladies is... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, he can rock a suit. My wife is always like, you look so good in a suit. I'm like, yeah, I know. But I just feel more me when I'm not wearing that. There's a thing yeah. with... I think there's a thing with guys. that There's some guys that are smart guys and some guys are casual. casual. Mm. But there are, there's a select few and I feel that you could be one mm. of these people that you can you can rock them both. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Um, I'm both those great people. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just summed me up perfectly. Um, yeah, um, I, I was doing a, a thing um, for Insights. You know, Insights yeah. and done it yet? Yeah. And um, and it was their leadership conference, and I was like, okay, I think I, need, I want to wrong foot them here. So, I the opening session that I did it was I was the first thing that was happening that day. They literally just somebody introduced the thing at the start and then ladies and gentlemen would you please welcome from freelance music Greg Friel and I came on wearing full suit tie the whole bit and everyone's just going to be thinking okay, he's going to be doing something on leadership da 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 and literally the first thing I got them singing was Greg has really lovely hair <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell just okay, happened? Okay, I've snorted, right? Well, what, we're 10 minutes in. I've said wedgie and I've snorted. There you go. Um, Greg has really lovely hair. Yeah. And That's an earworm for everyone yep, forevermore. Yep. Uh, and that was the thing. They were kind of like, okay, that was not what I was expecting. But that was exactly what I wanted to achieve because it's like you're, you're seeing this and you're expecting this, yeah. but then you, you give them that. But it's amazing though how people have expectations from the way that you, you dress and the way that yeah. you, you look, you know. And then it's it's all of that dressing for the corporate workplace yeah. and, you know. I was saying to um, the person I was with yesterday, I was doing a, an event in a, um, I said about 300 people, maybe less, I don't know. Um, but it was in a sporting world it was in tennis, mm-hmm. right? And I love how you're dancing around. I know, I'm dancing. I'm trying to think how can I say this. Um, Loving it back and love, forth. Like, I love tennis. I'm super lucky to work with the guys. Incredibly lucky to work with the guys. Um, and it was in Wimbledon. We're, lo- we're looking for tickets for Wimbledon, just right. so you know. Okay, okay. Dear Andy. Um, so 
I was there in Wimbledon, which for me, you know, I'm coming from Glasgow is just like, mm-hmm. you try and keep it together, but quite frankly, What's I just don't, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone else just looks so cool and they're there. And I'm like, oh my actual God, I'm in Wimbledon, <laughs> right? But I'm trying to keep it together. So I'm, do- I'm doing my talk and um, I was getting them to think about the business of tennis and to stop talking about tennis because there's quite some people who are just like, absolutely and utterly tennis mm-hmm. um, and this guy came up to me and I was getting them up on their feet and doing different exercises um, and this man came up to me and said I have never never in my wild I've never seen I've never seen anyone manipulate a room such as you have right and I looked at him and I said oh wow thank you so much and he said it was not intended as a compliment and I said I know but I'm taking it as one and it was just because I do like you were saying I do kind of trade a little bit on the fact that I might look a little bit different Mm -hmm. I've got bright red hair you know it's 100% natural Mm -hmm. Um, and it becomes noticed and so I think that gives me a certain brand and a certain way to do it. it's also an icebreaker you know, yeah. in a sort of reverse kind of a way. You know, yeah. It's kind of like, what, what's the girl with the hair? You know, yeah. got me on stage with Hugh Jackman. Okay, that's that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. in front of twenty thousand people mm-hmm. at the O2, and I danced with Hugh Jackman. Um, we saw him in Manchester. Was oh, this? We saw, I saw him in Glasgow. Yeah, for the great show, like mm-hmm. the whole. Oh, yes, yeah, all in Glasgow. Loved, loved him. It. Wasn't it incredible? He was fantastic. I mean, Phenomenal. horizontal tears because mm-hmm. he's like this stop part where they stop. We're just this is now like welcome to the Hugh Jackman appreciation <laughs> society. <laughs> Genuinely ugly cried at the mm-hmm. Limes bit, and then so I loved it. Billy was away, and I said, "Billy, I want to go again." He's like, "Oh, okay." So we ended up getting tickets in London, and it was a, about a week after my birthday. So I. It, it was a gift mm-hmm. um, and yeah I ended up on stage with him I have touched Hugh Jackman's bottom and he has touched mine okay let's mark that's 14 <laughs> minutes in <laughs> I haven't watched it since people like uh-huh. it just like I will not wash this bahookie mm-hmm. but he I, th- I think the thing more than anything else he's just immensely likeable oh, isn't he he's so- super talented um, and well, the thing is for me, like anything to do with The Greatest Showman, I'm not really a musical theatre person. If really? Okay. It, p- people who know me are like, I'm normally like, <laughs> um, but The Greatest Showman was incredible for me. And speaking incredibly immodestly, the thing I liked about it was because it sounded like songs I was writing. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I, I had a couple of friends of mine say, Greg, yeah, The Greatest Showman. I'm like, no. No, but thanks but for asking. Thanks, but... Yeah, you know, I just lo- it's so much my kind of music. I just l- absolutely love it. The phenomena that that created was mm-hmm. incredible. And I love how the, you, you know you oh, read all these you know marketing things about it and people trying to dissect it. And what, what's the appeal of it? I'm like, oh, you, you want to know the appeal? Great songs. Yeah. End of story. That's it. Yeah. it Great songs done delicious. amazingly, and you know incredible production, wonderful performances. It's just. And people go, it's cheesy. It's like, okay. Oh, it's so good and cheesy. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Anyway. Okay, sorry. Anyway, so, right. yes. <laughs> 10 minutes in. So, back to, let's go back to the superhero origin story. Okay. Right. The, the birth of Kirsty Mack. Yes. Not literally. Okay, wow. <laughs> that we're there, we're going there. A bit, a bit too graphic. So, but, um, I said it was hard. Whenever you were um, many Mac, right? Yeah. Did you. Um, I can't believe I just used that expression. <laughs> what? What? Did you have 
anything in your childhood that was like, okay, you know, when I grow up, I really, really want to be that person. Yeah. Um, Mum and dad are not surprised I'm doing what I do. Okay. Um, is I remember reading a book, is the People Puzzle by Morris Massey, and he said, you are who you were when you were six. That's quite disturbing. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like rewinding going, I yeah. am. Um, mm-hmm. And I was always desperately interested in people and mm-hmm. would be let's call it curious but we all know it's nosy and mm-hmm. um, I'd be nosy about how things were happening I I, I, I suppose I, I, I'm actually on the cusp of extrovert and introvert most people think I'm an extrovert um, but I, I do that a lot but I do like my downtime but um, I think pe- people who are who work in this, this area are um, are, are very much that yeah. you know cuz you have to be cere- cerebral yeah. um and you need to have that time to kind of recharge and, yeah. and yeah. get your energy back yeah so that then you actually have something to give whenever yeah. you're then with people i think there's um so my mom and dad were both runners they um were marathon runners wow um and so my brother and i were in athletics really really early and i loved it and so the whole movement is really um important I talk about that now from a wellness perspective because I think we need to think about how well we are in business and yeah. I think that goes back to being unashamedly yourself and also putting some strategies in place to even just move um, so that is sort of intertwined into what I do and talk about now um, and yeah I was an observer of people I always wanted the like, mum and dad will tell me stuff and I was like really I, like, I can't remember these things but um I was school captain. I was was that. I love school. Mm. I loved school. I would go back to school a good Can I sound like Monica and Friends? I, yeah. Like, I'll I'll Mm. take, I genuinely adored school. Um, And I was school captain and all of that shenanigans. (laughs) Like, I just, I was a collector of badges. He's like, give me a badge. I'm Mm. all in. Um, But, you know, I would petition for things if things weren't, you know, I would say, actually, no, we really want to have that. And I would kind of gather people around and, so yeah, I think there's no surprises for my parents. They still don't know what I do, but there's no surprises that I'm doing what I do. They're like, she does stuff. This thing, but we kind of get why we she's kinda, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there was that. And then I, after school, I went and did medical biochemistry because I love forensics. I wanted, I love murder. Okay. You can only ever see that. I was just delight in a th- Scottish th- accent. There needs to be a T-shirt. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Christy Mac. I love murder. Love murder. Um, so CSI. Oh, bring yeah. it, bring yeah. it. NCIS, like all love of that all sort of stuff. Yeah. Love it. Um, and so, so yeah, did forensic medicine with the medical biochemistry. Did that. Would really have loved to be in forensic medicine, but I think it would be another chunk of time of medicine and then another chunk of time. Um, so I. Instead of that, I did the graduate scheme with Marks and Spencers, obviously. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but that was great because retail is a brilliant way to find out about people. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In so many terrifying ways mm-hmm. um, and other delightful, beautiful ways. And so, you know, you come in and you're like, you're just fresh at university talking about murder. And then all of a sudden you're in this management scheme telling Agnes um, <laughs> like what she's going to do that day and mm-hmm. you're just that really that's fascinating you know so I was in yeah. the Sucky Hall Street store and you know there I learned a lot 
I learned a lot mm. about actually um, and I'm still learning hugely but just, and even the weirdness of people see the stuff that people bring back to customer service in Marks and Spencers mm-hmm. I don't know if we want it on the podcast mm. like trousers with yeah like a lot of poo okay and right. so dealing with that you know that was not in my job description yeah. but understanding how to deal with that mm-hmm. apart from wanting to give the guy a wedgie I think any <laughs> wedgies are <laughs> you don't want to give him a wedgie d- if he's got poo in his d- trousers no. either like that it seems to be a recurring theme though <laughs> yeah um no, I think the thing is, any time you're dealing with people and people in unpredictable situations, yeah, it's just it's the greatest learning ever. For me, I like I learned that from gigs, literally gigging mm. in every conceivable shite place yeah, yeah. you could imagine. Yeah, um, and you see all kinds of people and all kinds of situ- situations. Um, and you're just like, wow, I can handle anything if I can handle this. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it is, it is the greatest kind of um, learning curve. Um, and you just understand how to, how to deal with people yeah. and, and, and in different kind of situations and, and how to get out of a place in one piece without yes. getting assaulted. Yeah. And that's always quite a useful thing to know. And hospitality, I think, does that as well. I think you learn. I was yeah. in a hotel the other day and I always like to ask people, you know, what is what, are, what is just the best thing about your job and what are the things mm. that shock the pants off you? Um, and I said, you know, what, what's the weirdest? Because I'd actually been in the hotel the week before and there was a naked guy at the reception. Yeah. And I was thinking, hi. <laughs> this is normal. Good morning. Um, and so he'd either locked himself out or his friends had thrown him out or whatever. So, you know, he was down getting another key cut. God love him. Um, and, I said, what? and they were like, well, we've been punched. We've been spat on. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. And so I think hospitality does that too. I think that you just, you do, you learn a lot. I think I learned how to use my humour at that point. I think I use humour a lot as a bit of a Trojan horse in when I'm uh, doing sort of events or when I'm coaching yes. you like you for sure like mm. you know it's just it's it lightens the mood mm. but I think and, and there is there is a balance and I have to be yeah. very very careful that I don't push it too far yeah because yeah? uh, my my default kind of comedy setting is bordering on the offensive <laughs> so I'm kind, a lot of, of shocks, I'm kind of like I'll, I do quite like shocking mm-hmm. and saying the outrageous thing yeah shocking um, and it's you know but no, I totally agree with you because my my approach with everything tends to be okay. Right, right from the get go, if I take the piss out myself, you can't take the piss out of me. Yeah. So, like, I very, very, very rarely in my entire performing career been heckled because, because you've gone there first. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and how can you take the piss out of me? Because I've already taken the piss out myself. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a great defense mechanism. Yeah. Is that I think that's quite a a Scottish thing as well, like mm. slightly self depreciating and, mm-hmm. and 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 if we can do it with a with that edge of humour, then yeah. I think it disarms people a little bit. And I think that that is you know, I've I've been faced with some delightful humans. Mm-hmm. Um whereas, you know, if I rewound a few years ago well no, I mean ten, twenty years ago, I, I would be ugly crying in the face of these people to mm-hmm. think because I just I would always ask the question why why would you be like this why mm-hmm. would you treat another human like this yeah. whereas now I go wow and not in a 
wow, you're an ass sometimes. Um, more in a, wow, what is going on for you that you think that's okay? Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people stand up in on a seat, like actually stand physically on the seat and tell me I was shit. Mm-hmm. And you're, when you're faced with that, in that split second, all I did was, I was like, oh my God, I thought you were shit too. Mm-hmm. And it just... It crumbled their ego and, and they laughed because mm-hmm. nobody says those sort of things because mm-hmm. these are people at the height of their industry. And I think, you know, like you said, is about our role is to go in and have the conversations that's the missing conversations mm-hmm. that that is saying, you know, see, when you did that, this was the impact that it yeah. had. Um, and the consequence of that is this and and give another perspective, as you say, another way of them to look at the who they are as a person and to because mm-hmm. I think you know I don't like the phrase it's lonely at the top because it's a heck of a lonely at the bottom mm-hmm. I would say um, but there's a maybe a lack of it's not that it's lonely I think there's a lack of genuineness mm-hmm. you know you, you see things and there's, there's there's people playing the game yeah, and saying what they, they think they, they need to yeah. say certain there's things there's silent disagreement mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. There's silent disagreement, and you can. I often would love to do a voiceover. You know, we, I can bring you in, Greg. Right? And that this is, is so it. funny. You should say this. This would be awesome to to be in the setting of a meeting. Mm-hmm. And some of us can hold it together and can play poker. Some of us have really leaky body language, right? Mm-hmm. And we're leaking all over the place, right? <laughs> yeah, <gasps> he points to himself, <laughs> um, and. I think that there, you know, you can look around the meeting, and I'd love to have that. You know, like that Mel Gibson movie, what every woman wants, and like, like yeah, he, yeah, he knew yeah. what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do a kind of skit like that that knows you can because you can freaking see it, like what people are thinking. And I just often I I just go, guys, guys, can I? And if I'm in meetings, I will mm-hmm. just say, guys, can we just talk about the fact that this is ridiculous? Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, someone said, well, who are you? Because I'm this grade and you're that grade. Well, th- um, high five for you. Yeah, you're great. a four. Mm-hmm. Like, that means jack shit to me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I am a, I've sworn too much. But, you know, it's like, uh, what? I'm a four. Mm-hmm. That's like genuinely someone that would say to you, like, at, what, at, at nursery, I'm a four. Mm-hmm. It's, I, it's high school. Well done, you. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, though, you should say that because um, uh, Brendan Melvin, um, who... I'm, I'm working with just now we're developing this leadership thing yeah. as I was saying to you we're actually planning on doing oh my goodness, do a video so excited where he sits and basically says the corporate speak oh. and then I translate in ordinary language oh my goodness so, do this please so because we wanted to we wanted to show something it was a, a way of expressing what the two of us coming together was going to look like nice. so like well, if we do this video where you're actually doing the corporate guy yeah. and then I'm the other guy and kind of smash this together everyone's going to be like oh right so, oh that's delicious and it's all perspective yeah. and, and for me it always comes down to that it's, if that's that's the whole thing because I, I always remember and I'll ask you about yeah. this um, what it means to you because I think that was the thing that I, I sort of struggled with in the first place I was like yeah do I am I am I supposed to fit in with these people or th- is the whole purpose of me being here mm. to be the different guy and yeah. I'm looking at this from the outside guys you, do you not actually see what, this is what the rest of the world sees this and then when I realised that no 
I'm actually I'm meant to be me and be that different guy and it's a perspective thing yeah. did you find that when you first started going into coaching and going into businesses that there was a sense of did it take you a while to sort of find your place and maybe not find your voice because I imagine that you've always not held back but in terms of going okay is it appropriate for me to say this at this point and should I be that person that's kind of actually going to yeah yeah um, I think voices so. I think know? so I think that um I, I was in corp you know I was in corporate life before and then left that I got pretty ill um and I think that was through a lack of being myself I think I know that was a lack of being myself and not saying the things that were screaming in mm-hmm. my head and and I think I've grown into it more I think I'm learning a huge amount even now I think when I got to 40 I was like you're over 40 yeah I'm well over 40 um, I love them uh, I just went fuck it mm. I just was like mm-hmm. do you know what I felt really comfortable I, I think I I just I kind mm. of woke up ha 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 just like right. Okay, people, I'm I'm in. But see, when I think, I, think I mean, I'm, really I'm almost forty nine. I'm forty nine, and I certainly in my mid to late forties now. I'm just I I do not care. It, there just comes a point when you're just kind of like, nah, I'm not prepared to put up with crap like that. Yeah, and I want minimum hassle. For maximum return for what it is I'm doing, yeah. I want to I want to basically not not be faced with resistance every mm-hmm. step of the way. Yeah, and yeah. One of the um, there's a couple of things going off my head. The it's a Chinese proverb and it's on my iPad. Um, I think if I remember, it's uh, tension is who you think you should be, relaxation is who you are. That's really nice. I like Isn't that. that beautiful? That was really nice. And. How often have you? I mean, I've, I'm still in these situations where <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where you drop your shoulders and the, you feel like they're dropping for a fortnight, right? Mm-hmm. They're just I was like, how tense was I? Like mm-hmm. I didn't even know that I was holding myself in such a fashion. Mm-hmm. And you know, often you see people's shoulders are just like earrings. They're just so, and you can again look, thinking of those meetings and listening into people's thoughts. Um, so I think that I am relaxing more into myself mm-hmm. um, through the gazillion mistakes that I've made mm-hmm. and all the things that I've learned and I'm learning um, and I remember I was in with a with someone the other day and, and you know you were saying about being different and again she works in financial services and she said are there more of us here <laughs> and I was like oh she's like there's more of us like us, isn't there? And I said, yeah, mm-hmm. there actual are. Actual humans. Actual human beings mm-hmm. are here. I said, we're here, and I think that there's more people finding their voice. And that's, um, I took time off last year to write the book, and I haven't written it yet, so um, I'm going to do it this year while it's not taking time off. And it is about being human in a business world. Just to that little throwaway thing that you just said yeah. there about you, but do you think that because you took the time off to do that, that it actually just, you'll actually be, although you didn't use that time to write the book, yeah. you're actually going to be better prepared to yeah, do it. I think you're spot on. I, um, 
I went over, I, I went to New Zealand and saw my brother. I spent some time. Um, I go to the uh, Juicy Oasis, Jason Bale's like Juice Camp, which is no one else's idea of a holiday, but I went there quite a few times. Um, and then I went to Uganda to help build a school. I could not have written the book until I'd been to Uganda. Yeah. Because I learned so much mm-hmm. about humanity, about leadership, about presence, about energy, about life that I still don't linguistically know what it all is yet because mm-hmm. um, it's still lying in my brain quite a bit. Um, I am. I was talking to someone the other day. I said I'm scared. I forget. Yeah, yeah I'm scared. I forget that moment. And it mm-hmm. was. Um, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Richard Rohr, who's just, I think God's voice. Um, and he was saying that the Greeks. I f- imagine the Greeks like they're just in a room somewhere, <laughs> just with this type that says the Greeks. So the Greeks used to say that there's two notions of time. There's chronos, which is chronological time, and I think it's chaos, which is the depth of time. Mm-hmm. And I dropped into the depth of time when I was in Uganda. Yeah. And as, to your point, I think that I could have chronologically gone through and come mm-hmm. up the process of the book, and yeah, this I think will be this, and this will be in it. But until I'd really gone to that point and wanted to bring that feeling and that meaning in the minutes to the mm-hmm what I now talk about in the book then yes <laughs> or it just might be a really great excuse for me not writing the book but uh, I, know, I don't I don't think yeah. so because I think it's one of these things it's like how do you schedule creativity yeah um, so true I mean I find this certainly over the years I, you know when I'm in the studio there's, there's been periods where um, I'm literally working with different artists every day mm. in different genres and it's like okay, country artist today, R and B artist. That, you know, and literally, I would maybe dress a little bit differently. <laughs> maybe not a cowboy hat, but <laughs> just uh, I've got a great. But, you know, R and B shoving on a hoodie. <laughs> you know, um, but you kind of get yourself into the mindset to think, okay, I know that from twelve to four on Tuesday, I'm going to be doing that. So I need to get into that headspace yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's quite difficult from for me I'm kind of like you're scheduling creativity yeah but you're then you're relying on your skills and technique and what you've been doing for years but there still needs to be that spark at the start of that session when you start working with somebody it's like and you're like hope this is actually going to go somewhere yeah um but yeah it's it's a it's a strange one it's like it in the same way for me it's kind of like if I knew that I had to do it within that period I'd probably I, I probably couldn't do it it would be like when I whenever I have two if I have two weeks to do something I will yeah. do it the day before yeah always I can't just be that super organized because my everything about my thought process isn't that organized it has to kind of coalesce in panic I th- yeah you know? I'm the same I think I, I've always said I'm a sprinter I'm clearly not anymore. She's wolfed jammy dodgers while sitting here. Um, it's, the, it's the stuff of gods. Um, and I think it's that quick burst. Mm-hmm. It's it's that that it's a mindset for me rather than the physical element. Now it's I'm a sprinter. I do things quickly. Yeah. And so if someone does like you say, put me under pressure and say, Look, we need to come up with this. Yeah, I was with someone the other day, and he was starting his business, and it's super exciting. I love the whole starting energy. Yeah. 
not a completer finisher mm-hmm. um, and we were like right let's come up with your website in 20 minutes you know it was that sort of let's do this and he mm-hmm. was like what? So let's do it mm-hmm. and I love that I love that the and I say to myself next time I'll prepare more mm-hmm. uh, next time I won't wing it as much mm-hmm. and I also know that I th- you know there is a lot of preparation that goes into winging it's just maybe not at that particular time yeah I mean I think you know what what's happened is that over the years you've accumulated all of these yes. skills and these these things and it, you, and it all gets filed away and then you know that when it when everything then starts to kind of come together in that that moment you're like oh yeah but I did that there and then it what you have no idea where it came from but yeah. something somebody says something or something happens that brings it back to you yeah um, whereas it's like. I can be incredibly dis- disorganized. I'm massively organized when it comes to work, like in the studio. Yeah. And I have like a workflow that's incredibly organized and detailed and blah, 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 blah. But in almost every other aspect of my life, I am a mess. And I can't be organized because it doesn't interest me. <laughs> and if it doesn't interest me, yeah. I'm like, no, I can't really yeah. do it. I should be better at that, but really? You know, I, I think that's where we sort of struggle. But anyway, so tell me thing. about tell me about what was that first job that you did? Not not in terms of um, your first job job, but in, in terms of as a self-employed person. Whenever yeah. you you were kind of going out there into businesses and yeah. uh, whether in a leadership capacity or yeah. coaching. Well, I started. Um, it was the boom of life coaching. So what, fifteen years ago or so. Um, and I did a coaching course and it, for me I always say this it was like a Pringle once you pop you can't stop mm-hmm. I was like Do, are you serious that you can get paid for this are you joshing with me so I did that put my house up for sale went to Australia I did loads of um, uh, trainings over there I did NLP I did all of that sort of stuff um, and it was it, it worked really, really well, came back. And the first sort of real self-employed thing was doing NLP courses. And that for me was actually a Trojan horse for getting into the corporate world because um, I did practitioners, I did um, master practitioners where I was attracting um, sales directors, business mm-hmm. owners, L&D, HR. Yep. Um, and because I had a background in business and I wasn't necessarily <laughs> going in with some crystals or something, mm-hmm. um, I was able to bring the language from a business perspective. A practitioner, not just yeah. thinking yeah. theory. Um, and I knew what could work in business and, and shaped it in that way. And so that worked really, really well. So I did the practice, the master practice, and then that just got me into the corporate world, which mm-hmm. I feel really comfortable in. Um, I feel comfortable working with business owners and also I feel comfortable, really comfortable I feel very different, but I feel very comfortable in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, I love business. I love finding out about it. I love, yeah. you know, my boyfriend is really clever in that he really understands business and the granularity of it. I love the relationships and the conversations and mm-hmm. the, have you really just said that out loud moments? You know, yeah. I love that. I want to always work with a business that says, you know, I want to know what they want to get out of it. I think it's hard, you know, Again, return on investment is really hard in our world, right? Mm-hmm. It's quite a hard... You, you'll get it, but I think people should just, <clears> you know, actually be 
good humans. Um, and well, I think it's you know the 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 trick is always you don't want to be um, offering a solution when you don't know what the problem is as well, or, or just thinking that it's just it's like it's just a tick box exercise. Uh-huh. Then I mean, I could go if so. A lot of the time. I will it's that whole thing isn't it is it there's all the memes that you see on LinkedIn it's like this is what the customer said that they want you know this is what mm-hmm. they want this is actually what they need mm-hmm. and I have to find out what they need because then you know it's a disservice to them mm-hmm. if I don't do that and it's a disservice to me and and I won't be the right person to work with them mm-hmm. if that's the case if, if they a lot of the time I like can you just do this course and that phraseology can you just do probably I'm not the right person for that because mm-hmm. You know, it could be a little bit of a tick box exercise. I'll probe more, and it might not be. But so you're what you're offering is is more of a bespoke kind of thing, yeah. ra- rather than like you say, it's just just this is our this is the program that you're going to go yeah. through, and that's going to be what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there are always things that I will use. There are yeah. certain models, you know. I yeah. mean, obviously, a couple of four box models and some triangles, and clearly some concentric circles, right? So <laughs> I bring all of them to the fore right. because I feel comfortable. I'll mm. use, you know, I'll use flip chart and post it notes. So all of these things are in the kit bag. But what's really important is to know what is required for the business so that they can improve it so that they can mm. it can be sustainable and so that they can get set up environments that bring out the best in people's capability and the best in their potential mm-hmm. um and to do that in a really um as much as we can i think there's in, in a well way because mm-hmm. people are at you know they're at work for a, a large chunk of time um, and I think that there are some instances and we've been them been in them ourselves that they're really toxic Mm-hmm. And they're exhausting, and they are—they're dangerous to people's mental health. Yeah. Um, and so a lot, you know, we're getting asked to do a lot of resilience training now, which, I, and I say that it sounds very flippant when I say it. What I'm, um, and the flippancy comes from a deep desire for people to be kinder to one another. Sure. And then yeah. you possibly won't need as much resilience training. Yes. Yes. So rather than resilience, can we actually just sort out the, the yeah. problem in the first place? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So. How did you get into the speaking side of things? Did that was, were you doing that in your your th- previous corporate life, or th- is that something that came later? I think that came later. So in corporate life, I would do, I would probably do, I was probably doing some coaching, but wasn't aware of it, mm-hmm. which piqued my interest, which then got me into the Pringle moment, mm-hmm. um, and then it was just creating an arsenal of tools and I think I think it was uh, one of uh, one of your episodes as well was it Layla 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 mm-hmm. um, who talked about you know I think some people think NLP is a dark art and mm-hmm. as she said really elegantly was about actually it's your intention it's it's yeah. it's just a toolkit you know mm-hmm. and, and, and that's it's a great way to, to use but that's just one of the things that's in my toolkit and then I think it just doing the training so you're doing 7 day courses 14 day courses um, and then it just took me into the sort of speaking world and the audiences start to get bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. bigger um, which I really like because it can make say, a big impact en- is it something that you enjoy? I have a real mixture maxture about it so there are um, I love like really so the biggest audience was like 1400 and that was at Wembley so I can see I played Wembley mm-hmm. um, I could get like a tour t-shirt or something but it would be a lie 
it says Christy Metalix murder in the front. <laughs> um, and I loved, I loved that because it was just so delightfully chaotic. And we did like a big yeah. learning event for it. And they were like, could we do this? And I was like, are you mental? Let, yes, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was super fun. Um, and so I like that when there's a whole host of energy attached mm-hmm. to it. And there are some audiences that there's not a whole host of energy attached to it. Mm-hmm. I like also the smaller groups so that you can get really in amongst it. Yeah. You can go a little bit deeper with it. Mm-hmm. You can get them really having the conversations. Yeah. And you can perhaps you can provoke from the stage, as you will do. You can provoke in a different way, I think, mm-hmm. when you've got a slightly smaller group and yeah. you are pretty much you're looking them in the eye. I I probably get more um I get more exhausted from them because you are there's there's it's intense. It is super yeah. intense. Like super intense. Mm-hmm. I get drunk from the big stages. Yeah. Do you yeah. ever like come off stage like mm-hmm. and I genuinely feel like I it's a, it's, a, it's it's just your it's constant adrenaline adrenaline adrenaline. Absolutely. I mean, I was talking to somebody just yesterday actually um, about we did um, um, an, an arena tour. It was like two thousand and eight. This boy band thing. That was okay, in. now you're just showing off. I said um, I played Wembley, and you've just. Taken I just well, I had to up up, up stages. Yeah. people. Okay, Wembley, um, shove it in your. Blood and it was nine thousand people. Uh, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Did I say what? I think I. I'm ten thousand. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, How you win? But <laughs> that's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> I've been but, crocodiles, uh, indeed. <laughs> but, um, but we're t- talking about it from the point of view of just um, the the fact that I was saying I could remember it as if it was like 2007, that was. But I can remember that like it was last month. Really? And literally that, you know, they introduce the band and you're back at the, st- back the steps and you walk up and then 9,000 kids start screaming and you just kind of go... Okay, um, and it's totally intoxicating, mm-hmm. and it's just that adrenaline thing. Um, that must be incredible. And it's it's just really really strange, you know. Surreal. Um, but and it's a completely different energy, like you say. You know, whenever yeah. you then in a room with twenty people. Yeah. But I get really. I mean, see that that one like with nine thousand, not nervous, just excited, like bring it on, can't wait. Twenty people. Yeah, okay. I have. I probably have more bottom twitchy moments yeah. um, at that as well, and yeah, yeah, I would say so. I I'm really comfortable to get up on. I mean, I flatline before mm-hmm. I go. Like my thoughts just go beep. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then when I'm there, when I step on the stage, like I do. You like to freestyle, as it were, um, or yes, I yeah. do. Um, but it's like you say, is that that? So I'm known for winging it, but I'm you, going into the filing cabinet. Yeah, like yeah. I'm there and I'm using the same sort of stuff. And but I do work with what's in front of me mm-hmm. um, in terms of the crowd. And you know, it's that it's, it's a, the Billy Connolly phrase. Sometimes you feel as welcome as a fart in a space suit. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. there are sometimes. But I often that's a big been a big learning for me. And I was mm-hmm. even talking to my coach about it just recently. She did a massive gig and she says, there's always one, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I really, 
I still do it. I'm learning to do it less. Mm-hmm. But it, there's just, I don't know if you've had the, you will have had a different experience with the same. Um, there's some, there's one person that is the, you know, fart in a spacesuit person. And I just want to kill them with kindness. Yeah, I just, you No, know, I just want to kill them. Yeah, you just. Um, <laughs> okay. Because literally, I could be, I, I could be, I could be doing a gig. And you could say there's like 200 people there. Yeah. Everyone's having a really, really good time, but there's that one person yeah. and their face is tripping them. It will ruin the night for me. It's and unbelievable, isn't it? How mm-hmm. we are drawn, our mind is drawn. It's like, I want to make that person laugh or something. Yeah, you know, I will win make them over. you smile. And if, if, if I can't win that one person over yeah. or they're the person that, you know, they, they didn't like you, I'm kind of like, God damn it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like... Um, it's an earworm, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's there in your mind, and I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better at not trying to kill them with kindness. I do that with taxi drivers as well. Like mm-hmm. taxi drivers, like, and I think now Glasgow taxi drivers know this to be true. I will tip really well if they've been grumpy. If they've been grumpy, yeah. right? I don't okay. know. Billy like will get in taxi with me and go, oh shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, this guy's getting double the money here. Because mm-hmm. I just, I want the next person, I want to kind of jolt them. I want, I feel like in my model of the world, I've kind of done a little defibrillator that going, oh, actually. Like, oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you're all right with your bags there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's fine. I have 17 and it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want them to be nice to the next person. Yeah. But I think they're, and I think that's what can be draining. If you've got that one person and it's a smaller group. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's just the worst because because you can't hide. I was doing a, a a choir thing, and it was it was a small group, and there was one person who just had a bad day, and they were not playing ball. Yeah, and it literally it doesn't matter what I do, and I can be. Mr. Energy and Mr. Hi, and whatever, but that one person can just literally spoil it for everybody in, in a small environment like that, you know. And you just kind of like, how am I going to actually get around this? And you know, you, you can joke and make it try and lighten the mood and not all killing, but it can just be that toxic thing. It, it, it can be, and you're right. It does has a, have, have an impact on people, and and I've often though I've the. It can sometimes be there the people that come up at the end and go. That was amazing. That was life changing. Uh huh. And that's and then you kind of uh, and I've had the same thing yeah. and, and you're just kind of like okay, I thought you hated me <laughs> yeah, genuinely all day like all like yeah. I mean I've been trying to work out ways um, and you just do want to go you know tell your face yeah. right you know this is <laughs> mm-hmm. if that was life changing holy crap but and so that can often happen which surprises me and delights me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've put in a ton of energy to get I just want to make you smile but I think because there's something deeply personal about what we do you mm-hmm. know even when we think about you know uh, my coach was talking about you know selling for, for people when it's you know I can I could sell your business to anyone mm-hmm. right I, I like that idea right okay let's chat you know I, I am a really good salesperson right um, when it's my own thing hundred percent, hundred percent, because there's I feel, so much self worth attached uh-huh. to it. I just I I have this thing like I'm like I can do sales and marketing for oh this product yeah, yeah cool find Amazing. the problem, but when it comes to me I feel like I feel cheap, yeah. <laughs> but I just feel kind of like yeah 
apologetic and yeah. and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't want to really say. Don't really want to say. You know. Yeah. Um, or I think there's a sensitivity that's mm-hmm. attached to creativity, mm-hmm. and I think that's where that comes from. There's just you know where. Yeah. We're incredibly sensitive because there mm-hmm. are some people that if there's that person on stage, they don't give a shit, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that there's so much that that person not smiling at my jokes, how freaking rude, mm-hmm. right? I translate it to full on rejection of mm-hmm. me and my self worth. I have this Even thing. Still. I have this thing as well. I, I was doing a talk. Um, in December, and I, I was not, I was on painkillers, I had a trap nerve in my neck. Oh, gosh. Horrendous, right? For, for like two months. Oh. And I was like at the, my worst, and I had to do this talk. And I was loaded on these painkillers, and I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I had to get up and talk for like 10, 15 minutes. I have no idea what I said, but what I do know is that I wasn't funny. I wasn't my yeah, usual, yeah. I'm going to be cracking a joke and Mr. Personality. And I can't, oh my God, I think I've just been the same as everybody else <gasps> in the room. No. And that was the thing. I was kind of like, no, being funny is kind of part of kind of my presentation. So, but because I wasn't funny, I thought I must have been shy. I wasn't. Yeah. It was fine. But it wasn't how I would normally do it yeah. as well, you know. But it, no, it, it's, it, it's, it's dead easy to get really kind of caught up in those sort of micro rejections yeah. and make them massive. But I am um, I think also that it can come through from I think when you're in flow, people think it's easy. Mm-hmm. People think it's easy for us to get up on stage and do our thing because it looks like we're having a freaking mm-hmm. ball. They don't know that it can induce nerves and mm-hmm. bottom twitching moments and, and all of these things. And so I think that they're just like, all right. Whereas if I'm in the audience, if I go to I go to loads of conferences and training because yeah. it's super important for me to learn, I'm like you know age appropriate reference Bonnie Langford, right? I'm, just, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that was actually the funniest thing I've ever heard, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm nodding and I'm smiling, I'm nudging the person next to me, going point to the stage, going, it's hilarious, hilarious, mm-hmm. because I know that if you're not getting, because I'm not at my best if I'm not getting a lot from the audience, mm-hmm. and it becomes sort of reciprocal, and so. I know that it takes a lot to stand up on that stage mm-hmm. and I want to be there for that person. But I think when you're in flow and when it just looks like, hey, they're having a great time, mm-hmm. it feels like people are just like... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's, I, I can honestly say that you know, one of the most draining ones um, I did was I was literally just doing a 15-minute like right. energizer thing. Yeah. Um, about 500 people in this, a conference... And after that 15 minutes, I was wiped out for the rest of the day. Because literally, nervous energy. Yeah. um, I mean, I was running around a wee bit, but I wasn't getting out of breath. I'm not that unfit. But I was just so focused on, like you were saying before, winning over every single person in the room, not missing anybody out. And then by the end of it going, okay, I, I worked every single second of that to the max um, and then from that going right okay I'm spent yeah. literally leaving it all on the stage yeah. as it were you know I, mean, I remember coming off one stage and someone just and, and it was great and it was brilliant and it landed really well and they're like just get her some chips man like, <laughs> she needs like Carbs. she's drunk and she needs mm-hmm. you know it genuinely it feels like you're just yeah 
done you just like you got to fill this person back up mm-hmm. and there are I get that and it is amazing how much and equally what I really realise is sometimes if I'm doing it a lot so sometimes I do you know it's clearly not as glamorous as your world right but you know oh, there's hardly with your five million people um but there'll be tours when you're doing like you know you're going to different regions of a of a I, I'm a sure I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I've still played to more people than you no matter what it is you're going to say I'm going <laughs> to one up one up you every I season. swear I've been crocodile on me too many times on this call on this chat and I um, you know I, I, I do find it, I can't even remember what I was going to say but I'm sure it was fascinating I'm sure it was I think it was probably trying to trump you but it wasn't going to work so I think maybe I just let it go no uh, um, that's probably wise um <laughs> So yeah, we were talking. So we were harsh. talking about um, speaking, yeah. um, and I mean that's w- one aspect of what it is that you do. Is do you have a like a a preferred kind of happy place, work wise? Um, I think it depends, and it depends on who. I need the jazz hands. Mm-hmm. We like those tours. I got it. I remember. Boom, mm-hmm. nice one. Um, if I've done 21 in a row, I'm like, okay, I just let me just get, maybe just get designing some stuff for a while mm-hmm. and I don't have to go out there and do, but then I'll get to a point where like, okay, I need the jazz hands. I need, I need the energy from yeah. other people massively. So, yes. um, but I'm so all or nothing with things that I'll go all in and then I'll go all out mm-hmm. and then I'll go all in. Um, and so I recognize that about myself. And so it's a, is an attempt to get a balance, but mm-hmm. I, I'm rubbish at it. Um, I love to coach. I feel so different when I coach. I right. feel very present when I coach. I feel is it, like viscerally. Is different. it the sense of responsibility? Yeah, I think there's a responsibility, and I feel like sometimes I don't know. Well, when I'm coaching well, I don't know what I'm going to ask and I don't want to do it, but it just happens. Mm-hmm. I, just, I do genuinely feel like I'm channeling something. I feel very different. My voice resonates differently within me. Um, and so I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, someone has, has been deeply respectful to say, I feel comfortable to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And there's probably stuff that I'm going to say that, you know, I might not have said to some people that I've worked with or I live with or I love or whatever. And, I, you know, that's that's huge, you know. And, yeah. and um, I often say this, I think we need a good listening to rather than a good talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, a quote. I saw, I'd seen that on your yeah. your website. And I thought that, that seems to sum up a, a lot of your, your approach. Yeah. yeah, we do. In what way, if any... Um, bringing it back to my main <laughs> world uh, does music play in any of in your working life or just yeah. your daily life do you have oh like a, do you have like yes. a, a playlist for getting up in the morning and yes all of the things um, music is so important and I think that music um, music finds you right at mm-hmm. different times and there's sometimes it can just come in and you're like I have listened to that song for centuries and I've never heard those words. Yes. You know, and it's just like, and so I think it depends on who you are at the time when you hear the song. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we're talking about Kenny Ro- Kenny Rogers, immediately, Islands in the Stream, Mum and Dad. Right, okay, sure. Right, adore it, 
love it and I was brought up on country music so okay. um, you know Kenny Chris um, Waylon all of those immediately so I have a mum and dad playlist right that actually has brought me to tears sometimes because it just reminds me so much of my parents who I've got I'm very lucky to have a great relationship with them because they are incredible humans they are I call them my encouragers they are just mm-hmm. they have been brilliant and they have taught me to encourage other people it, it totally came from them yeah and um so I've got my mom and dad playlist mm-hmm. and there's the the two meatloaf tracks on it that I am brilliant at in the car I'm not okay. gonna lie I mean, it's just, I think I sound like them. And so they've been to see Meatloaf and Brutal like Mum and Dad. Know, hold on, what are the two songs? <laughs> um, oh my God. Um, well, the one, I won't do that. And. How oh, do we um, Oh my gosh, what's the other one? It's gone. As soon as I leave here, I will start singing it and I'll let you know. Um, but it's not about FL, is it? No, it's not bad of hell. Mm. Two out of three and bad? Yes, two out of three yeah. and bad. Okay. So there's those two. Mum and Dad have seen Springsteen, Springsteen so many times, so yes. Um, I'm the biggest Springsteen fan. I remember I heard you talk to Thea about that. Mm-hmm. I love that chat because mm-hmm. you were just bouncing off each other music, in music, terms music. of music. It was beautiful. My wife hates Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> did, I ever t- did I say it in that podcast? I can't remember. Um, I remember you were talking about Smokey Robinson and saying that you really want to go and see yes. Smokey Robinson, but hadn't because... Yeah. Because Linda doesn't she, like. Yeah, no. Uh, the thing is, that's, that's great about Linda is that she won't pretend. I love it. Um, so, um, she came to see Springsteen once when he first um, came to was it Handon, he was at. And we, we were there. And for the first hour and a half, she didn't recognize a single song. And she's sitting there and she's like, her face is tripping her. I'm like, totally enraptured <laughs> and then about an hour and a half in then he did uh, like Pink Cadillac yeah. and she's like oh I know this one and then and then the place goes nuts whenever he's doing Born to Run and I'm like bouncing around and she's just like I'm like oh my god she just looks so miserable anyway so <laughs> then he came back a year or two later and I couldn't believe it Bruce Springsteen was playing in Glasgow on my birthday oh my god it was meant was like, to be exactly so my wife being the amazing woman that she is for oh. my birthday bought one ticket for me to go and see Springsteen <laughs> she's epic she's I was like epic. I will go and sit on my birthday by myself watching Bruce Springsteen and I really enjoyed it because yeah. if I if she was there she would have been unhappy yeah. and, and you would have worried about that and yeah, uh, yeah. exactly and so oh, I, I, love I thoroughly enjoyed it I thoroughly enjoyed it and then she was like I was, I was like it was great brilliant you know because um, she knows I'll enjoy it more Whenever yeah. she's not actually so miserable, I think you know? I, music is just. I've got a playlist that I do when I'm designing certain things. It's kind of like it's a little bit meditative and it's like focus mm-hmm. and um, something else, which obviously I can't remember because I'm not focused. But that kind of plays in the background. Focus and spark, it's called. Um, so I listen to that. I've got a playlist for training. Um, I love. Uh, someone's just really recently introduced me to Alexis French, so I love the genius of the piano whisper um so a real mixture and music just is is, is well 
some as you say you remember walking onto that stage in front of yeah, a lot more people than I've ever seen um, a lot a lot I mean a lot, a lot. Like, I mean like I, mean, multiple. I think it was like nine times yeah. as much mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's um, interesting and that's not even the largest yeah that's the, that was audience. a little one that was just like it was just <laughs> I mean that was just a cosy gathering okay got it um, it's an anchor isn't it it takes uh-huh. you straight back it's <clears> so yeah. powerful and I think what is great about what you're doing is to you know people I I don't know there's the majority of people are going to resonate with music in some shape or form the thing I always say it's it's well two things one it hardwires itself to our memories Mm -hmm. so when you look look at Alzheimer's patients for example the last thing that, that goes is you know they, yes. might, they, may, they might not know family members, but they know words to songs from 50 years ago, which is just incredible. But I always say that um, this is something that I talk about when, whenever I'm sort of explaining the sort of theory behind what it is I'm doing is that music either reflects the way that we feel yeah. or projects the way that we want to feel. Yes. So it's either yes. this is who I am just now or you shove on that song that is going to take you out of that. So either we're wallowing in self-pity and listening to Leonard Cohen, or <laughs> or we're shoving on, you know, some... Oh, d- d- the greatest <laughs> show, I'm afraid. Exactly. That's what I'm shoving on. And getting, you know, our, our lipstick on and going out, you know. Um, so it's, I always think it's... it's it's one, yeah, it's of, so one, true. one or the other. It's so powerful. Yeah. It is so powerful. So yeah, I think I always have a playlist for the any sort of workshops that I'm doing. Right. Um, I always have. And, and interesting, I did a workshop with a client five years ago and it was a bit of a tour, small tour, just to clarify. And it was... Um, I was with one of the pers- one of the people that was on that tour with me and a song came on and she said, oh, this reminds me of the tour that we did. Yeah, and it's just like, and she's totally like, every time back. I hear this, I'm back in that mm-hmm. room, and I'm, we're doing all the things, and I'm like, oh, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's just what else does that? I suppose smells for some people does that, but music I think is actually, just. In all honesty, I think smells can be. It's they always say that about you know the senses that smell literally just takes you back to that precise moment. White musk from Body Shop takes me back to school. Can't say it does for me, but oh, see, like I, I think girls were just in a white musk bubble when I was at school. Quite possibly, but I, no, the freshly cut grass for me is like that's joy. Growing up in New York for me, that because it like, literally takes me back to summer days there, you know. Um, anyway, so last question. This is the question. The question, the and as you as as you have listened to my podcast, thank you I very know. much for that. Um, you'll be aware of what it is. I so know, and I really want to have something incredible profound. and divine say, and profound to say, say okay. rather than she brought jammy Dodgers in. Like, I don't, <laughs> that might be enough. I mean, it might be all I have. Many, 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 many years from now, um, when you're no longer with us, um, what would you like your legacy to be? And I, I do kind of want to say something magical and um, it's worthy of a Harry Potter scene. Um, I, I really would just like to be a nice human, <laughs> a good human. I'm not very good at it a lot of the time. I want to be better at it every single day. My intention is to be a good human. Mm-hmm. There are some times that I'm not. Um, and it's that beautiful... Maya Angelou quote which is people will never remember what you see or do but they will always remember how you made them feel and I yeah. want to make sure that it's like it's the other quote that I use all the time in all of my talks 
um, Dr. Jill Bolter-Taylor says, take responsibility for the energy you bring into my space. And I want to make sure that as much as I can, because mm-hmm. I will not do it every time, that I've taken responsibility for the energy I've brought into someone's space and, and that it's been the right energy for them. And that's, I think that's all I can do. I mean, obviously now there's like, try and gig to more people than Greg, but... That's, that I mean, has to be like top priority. Pretty much, pretty much. I'm just trying to think. I'm with my mm-hmm. coach in a couple of weeks, and that's are you the planning focus. on doing stadiums? That's well, now I am. <laughs> Straight up, the book tour. I mean, it was going to be yeah. in Waterstones and uh, Sucky Hall Street, but I, I think I need to reformat mm-hmm. it. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to completely, totally come clean and say, like, I was there mm-hmm. as part of something else that other people wanted to see them and I just happened to be there yeah. but I'm not going to dine out on it as much as I can 100% definitely so Kirsty um, if people want to find out more about yeah. the work that you do and get in contact with you and whatever um, how can they do that? Um, I, my website I don't, I don't want you to leave your phone number or anything weird. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> I live at <laughs> like flat Google Maps, up a, a Google Maps thing in here okay yeah in the footnotes there'll be a Google Maps of where I live uh, mum and dad's residence <laughs> is um, uh, my website is kirstymack.co.uk mm-hmm. um, and I'm usually on the twit I'm right. going to say something okay. else there which is wrong and the LinkedIn Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kirsty Mack, you'll find me in the the sphere of the tinternet. Fantastic, Kirsty, thank you so much. No, I'm so glad you. we finally got to actually get together and have that. I love how we haven't chat. told the funny story about how I met your wife. We'll leave that for another time. <laughs> Kirsty, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you.